Yep. Yep. Hey. Yep. Here Andy we Danger. are. Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is Loser Leaves Wrestling, the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> this is Empty Arena. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Red Jefferson. I'm here with Roy Hammer. Uh, Hammer. Yo. Feeling good? We got a doozy of a show today. Oh, we do have a doozy we of a, a show. Doozy. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. This is Loser Loose Wrestling. Make sure to follow us on all the yeah. things, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Follow, follow us on, on everything. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Get involved. Call the hotline. Oh, call the hotline. Two zero one five seven two five seven four seven triple two. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Yeah. All right, and yeah. join the Patreon. Join the Patreon, so you could see this video. Yeah, us talking about this right now. You get the live feed. And as this is being recorded, after we're done recording this, I'm going to go to the Patreon and drop the second LLW uh, Pro Wrestling mixtape. My God. Check your inboxes. Check your inboxes. Uh, also, um, uh, one of the person, who, if they have the Patreon, they yeah. get to see that my mishap from before when we're talking about <laughs> yeah. there's some bloopers involved. You're getting a lot. Yeah, yeah. And maybe You're some gonna... personal conversations that shouldn't have been recorded. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> you know what that is? What is that? That's, is that... Uh... That's Chad Gable. That is Chad Gable. Shush. <laughs> I don't know who. And then you. And <laughs> then you. Does he say "hush, please"? Uh, yeah. He's, uh, no, he says "shush." It's a shush. Yeah. Listen here again. But then Let's listen. Hear yeah. Right. Oh, listen. Shush, hush, please. I think this is just one isolated incident. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I, I love it. <laughs> All right, we got we got to start talking about this show. Speaking we have a of lot to talk. Farts. Let's talk. Oh about... my god. <laughs> Which one we talk? We're talking about the farty one first. Yeah. We're gonna be co- we're gonna be covering today. Uh, 1999 Spring Stampede. WCW's yes. 99 yes. Spring Stampede. But first, uh, we decided. You know what? There's a lot of uh wrestling content out there, and there's even more peripheral wrestling content out there yeah. little like branches off of reality tv series uh of documentaries uh things of that nature uh the big show's show on netflix uh <laughs> that's a good that. idea i've never seen it i've never seen it <laughs> i've seen one episode we have to watch that but one what we're gonna do it for you today we're watching it so you don't have to yeah we're watching cnc Corey and carmella <laughs> Corey and carmella they're here to- <laughs> wait wait That's so true. That That's is right. so that true. Not as, that's not as fun as I was hoping. Uh, we have to talk <laughs> about this. So here we are. Um, yeah. Corey and Carmel. It's their YouTube exclusive show with WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you find out about this? I was... It was one of two ways. I was either... Uh, I heard about it just in the news. It came up in the news at some point, And I was like, ugh. And I had heard that they were getting a reality show, and I was like, oh, that's not going to be great. And then I heard it was on YouTube, and I was like, that's even worse. <laughs> and then uh, That means no one wanted yeah. it. <laughs> and then I was listening to a different uh, – like a wrestling – like comedy wrestling podcast, and they said for their Patreon they were going to review it so you didn't have to watch it. But they never did it. So I was like, yeah, we got we to gotta do <laughs> that's it. That's where we're at, baby. But after watching it, I understand why they never did it. No, I understand why they never did it too. There was a there's a big issue here. Um, so this this is basically a podcast about their relationship. It's a and well, it's funny you say it. it's 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 a reality show, but it's also a podcast. It's both. 
Yeah, but the podcast seems to be them uh, tackling questions about relationship, yeah. doing relationship advice. But there is absolutely zero relationship advice in this show. That is true. There was nothing like so. I I've never heard their podcast. Honestly, the clips they showed pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. this this is just a whole other deal. Um, uh, so the first episode is centered around them uh, looking for a house. Um, the, I don't like them as people. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think by the end of the set, we watched the first two episodes, which by the, the way, first... combined are 20 minutes, but it feels like two hours. Um, it's honestly a lot longer than you yeah. think. <laughs> and uh, by the end of it, though, I think I like Carmela, but I don't like Corey Graves. I think... I think they belong to each other. Yeah, I feel for like, sure. I, I think I'm glad that they're in a relationship because obviously they fit together. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. feel like Carmela. Um, I, I don't. I don't like any either of them. Uh, Corey Graves seems like uh, a fuck boy. Uh, yeah, he seems like sure. a little. He seems like um, he. One other thing is, I liked him as a commentator in NXT. So did I. Yeah. I liked him as a commentator because he reminded me of Jesse Ventura. He reminded me of Jesse Ventura because he's told told it like it is. And he'd side with the heels, but he'd have logical reasons for yep. doing it. Not yep. just because, yeah, they, they have such a cocky attitude. I yeah. like that. You know, it's, yeah. He had more. He's just like, they're smart. Look what they just did. Now he's become a WWE character. Right, And right. the pairing of those two together is so cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I, I think like... In comparison to some other cringy couples out there, they're not as bad as some. But they, I mean, the, the show itself is not good and is like, it feels so much more scripted than any other reality show I think I've ever seen. Yes, yes. Well, let's talk about it. They're, yeah. they're looking for a house. Uh, they want to live in Pittsburgh. Uh, so uh, Corey Gray's made Carmella change her whole life so she could move to Pittsburgh. Would you do that to someone, Roy? No. Right? <laughs> it's a bad no. person thing to do. No. It's like yeah. she she said she was upset that she had to leave Florida. She moved to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then, she had just uh, bought a house. She had just bought a house in Fort Lauderdale. And she just changes everything for this yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, uh, they She lives there. Honestly, I've never been to Pittsburgh. Have you been to Pittsburgh? I was. I went to Pittsburgh twice. I've been to Pittsburgh twice. Uh, the first time I went, it was the end of October, and it was the coldest I'd ever. It's so freezing there. It's so cold. And then both times I was with my parents, too, so I didn't really explore anything. The second time I did go to a baseball game, and the best stadium in Major League Baseball is in Pittsburgh. It's beautiful. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would choose Pittsburgh over Florida personally, but I would choose just about anywhere over Florida, to be honest with you. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Florida sounds like it sucks too. Terrible. Those are just two. Honestly, the people that choose, like, uh, hey, thank you all so much for listening to Florida, <laughs> and Pennsylvania. But the but the people that choose that move to Florida, not born there. If you're born there, that's not your fault. Yeah. If you're born in Pennsylvania, it's not your fault. But if you move there, <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you the- move there. <laughs> <laughs> I give Carmela a lot of credit in a lot of ways because. Again, like you look at Carmela, Carmela, obviously, as she talks about on the show, I'm not like speculating here. She has a very specific lifestyle that she likes to, you know, abide by. Understandably. Yeah. Which, and there is a lot of like a lot of hanging out that's in that lifestyle. A lot of bodies of water, a lot of bathing suits, a lot of glamour, loves all of that. Pittsburgh has none of that, Mm -mm. like none of that. Mm -mm. So she did give up a lot to move there. And I give her credit for that. 
And she, she gave up a lot to move there. And then Corey's just like, I'm going to need you to do more. He <laughs> wants her to, he wants her to buy a house with him in Pittsburgh. So she's stuck there. Yeah. And not only stuck there, he's just like, Let's move to the suburbs, babe. Uh, they do. He wants yeah. to push that. But uh, spoiler alert: they don't move to the suburbs. Yeah, they they, they shop around. They do. They kind of like almost like a TLC. <laughs> I actually like those those like kind of house hunter shows. Yeah, sure, of course. Because there's something about them that's just like they're really giving feedback. There's really something genuine there, and you could just tell he's like, we've seen nine thousand places, yeah. and they only show three, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. or two even. I, I don't know, but it yeah. just like it feels so uh, forced. Yeah. Everything feels forced. And Corey Graves' uh, best friend is like a bald realtor in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I, nothing seems uh, real. And also, he has very small teeth, but yeah, that's another point. I don't want to make fun of someone's appearance. That's not right. No, that's not right. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but it, it's a, just a weird, yeah. weird show. The thing is, too, and to be honest, like, there's not a ton to say about this show. There's I'm just, trying. I know. I'm, I'm strong. I thought about that when I watched it. I was like, man, there's not a lot to say. Something that stuck out to me is that between the – so they see like three or four houses, right? Like maybe. Yeah. And between the second to last and the last house, which is the house they ultimately end up buying, there's like a six-month gap. Yeah. And, that's and then there's like three really months weird. later. Yeah. And, and it's like, this is an 11 minute reality show and you needed to jump like three to six months in time. That shows that they literally in six months, they haven't done anything <laughs> yeah. interesting to fill 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, or and uh, uh, this is what I literally, I was trying to stretch, but I'll just tell you the exact words I wrote down. Yeah, please. Uh, very annoying people, unfunny <laughs> jokes. House buying, championship broke, sex toys, put my art somewhere cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't even talked about episode two. Those last few <laughs> notes are about episode two. <laughs> okay, let's just jump to episode two. Uh, so the Corey... end of episode one, hold on. The, the, the end of episode one ends on a cliffhanger because they <gasps> see a house that might be a good fit, but what's missing? What's missing is a good closet for Carmela. Carmela uh, needs a good closet. She needs a good closet. Yeah, and she needs a big closet because according to Corey Graves, he's never met someone who owns more clothes than Carmela. Oh, how yeah. annoying. Oh, my God. And, uh, and they mentioned like three or four times how many blowies they give each other in the shower. <laughs> yeah. There's Jeez a lot Louise. of these weird, unnecessary, like. <laughs> uh, so they find a house, but then Carmela's like, oh, there's no good closets here. And then in the next episode, the real estate agent, it starts with both of them doing these like talking head interviews. They're like, everything's checked out so far, but we got a closet problem. We have a closet problem. Houston, we have a closet. <laughs> and of course, like just when you think the house isn't going to work out, the realtor's like, well, actually, you guys were looking for a three bedroom. Well, this is a four bedroom. So that fourth bedroom can be turned into a closet. And everyone was so happy, and then everything was settled, and then they immediately go three months later. Yeah, it was three in. months later again. Three months later, they're moving in, and so they're moving in, and she packed everything. And he's a terrible packer. Yeah. I can't pack anything. So I packed one box, and it's the <laughs> box with all with her title in it. Yeah, this, in is glass. this is hilarious to me because Corey Graves is a bad partner. He's just yeah. a bad partner because, like, obviously, like, you're in wrestling. 
she's in wrestling so you both understand how important a championship belt is that you've won and i get that it's like silly but like she's got her women's championship that she won and it's like custom framed it's actually it's like a very beautiful frame it's very well done and he just sticks it out like sticking out of a box and puts a t-shirt over it like a ding dong <laughs> honestly he did do wrong i would have done the same thing <laughs> that's how i move i would have used a garbage bag well i did <laughs> notice that carmella used a lot of garbage bags it's smart business <laughs> um but then, and then he breaks it and then it takes another 10 minutes for him to apologize, kind of. Yeah, he, like, uh, doesn't really apologize. He's like, three, months, la- three months later. <laughs> yeah, it, it took him a year to apologize. It took uh, him, yeah. Yeah, um, and then I guess, like, Sam comes over. Sam is Corey Graves' brother, who is Sam Adonis, the professional wrestler. We're stretching wrestler. this a lot. We yeah. are giving up. Like, these things literally happen moments i mean the second the second episode is literally six minutes i'm giving you a minute for minute breakdown of the show yeah and then sam adonis drops a box and a dildo falls out of it and everybody has a big old belly laugh and everyone's fine yeah yeah and uh so the the show uh is there something oh yeah the last part is them (laughs) hanging out hanging out talking about where she's going to put his artwork every episode ends on a cliffhanger like where is she going to put his artwork (laughs) is it going to be in a cool place or not cool place the the name of the third episode is Corey eavesdrops on carmela's tense phone call oh my god i i I don't know what the relationship advice but they're not taking it yeah (laughs) yeah. it just seems they it's it seems dumb it seems like a dumb show i do not recommend it do yeah. not recommend it. We watched it so you don't have to because right. we, we did it for you. We did I, it for We you. haven't actually made this decision yet, but I think what? the uh the next so we we try to do we're gonna do two empty arenas a week, right? That's the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Mondays we do like a big wrestling show and a short documentary, and then the other the the, the next day that this drops, we record on a Thursday. Uh, will be a longer documentary and a shorter match thing. So maybe mm-hmm. the next documentary can be another evil, a WWE evil. Ugh, why would we do that? Brothers of Destruction, maybe? I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll talk we about to, it. We'll do in The Miz. Uh, <laughs> but or, look at the sunburn. Only how'd people you, on Patreon could see it. How'd you get that? Yeah, yesterday? I did shrooms and ran out into the woods. Uh, and we and Jason went hiking yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's delicious. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what we were doing out there. Yeah. Uh, jumping like Mario. Um, yeah, so that wasn't good. That wasn't Yeah, good. that wasn't good, and I'm really upset that that's the last thing I watched before coming on to this podcast. Literally, seconds in it, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, yeah. Christmas. <laughs> um, but we did watch something a little bit more interesting. Yes, we did. And, Marginally uh, more interesting. <laughs> I, I did thoughts. some. I did some research. I, I have the uh, Wrestling Observer Report pulled up. Oh. From April of 1999 for uh, Spring Stampede, there's some interesting tidbits, and this is really exciting for me, Red. And I'm gonna I'm gonna chat a little bit about this and why I wanted to pick this show and why our listeners like why it's important that we go back and watch the show. If you're a fan of wrestling history, you know, Red, I think you you are a self admitted WWF uh, fan back in the day. Didn't watch sure. a lot of WCW. No, and, I thought uh, it, I thought it looked dirty. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's funny because a lot of look like Meltzer, there's always dust in the air. <laughs> a lot of what Meltzer says is that it's like really low budget yeah. compared to the WWF. Um, 
And I wanted to watch this because this is – I have this theory that I've never told you about. And uh, one of our, our loyal late listeners and loyal patrons, S, um, would could probably buy into this theory. But I know this is 1999, the Springside P 1999. But I have this theory that 1998 was the turning point for WCW, right? Like they could have gone in two, one of two directions. They could have gone the direction that they went in or they could have invested – in all of the talent that they had and started really building up new stars. Because at that point in 1998, leading into 99, you've got your Malinkos, you've got your Benoit's, you've got your Jericho's, Mysterio's, Eddie Guerrero's there, Saturn's there, Raven Canyon. They literally have their new crop right there. They're all ready to go. And everybody was starting to get over in 98. Like in all their own individual little ways. In addition to that, Goldberg was also getting over huge in 1998. And it's like now's the time to capitalize and start that next generation and keep this ball rolling. Or you can do what you did and just stick with the NWO and never change anything. Yeah. And that's what they ended up doing. And Spring Stampede 99 is really the last good WCW pay-per-view with all of that talent. Yeah, Eddie and Jericho like aren't on this show, but there's so many talented wrestlers on this show. And there it's the is. last time that it doesn't feel like a complete fucking mess. There's some good stuff on the show. There's some good stuff on the show, and it does have a very, uh, like, a very interesting talent roster. Um, right. we'll, we'll go through it, of course. But uh, 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 any other uh, things like to set this up? Like, uh, the any any big things that led up to this? What were you watch? Did you watch this live? I didn't watch this. Sh- what I, what my brother and I would do, our parents wouldn't buy us pay per views. But I, we, you know, back in the day, you could go to the pay per view channel, and you could listen to it, and you would see like scrambled. You could like kind of make out a body here or there, but you could hear the commentary. Mm-hmm. So Mike and I would sit by the TV, my brother, and we would like sure. listen to the show. But I was watching. Everything. I did that with porn. Sure. Yeah. 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 I did that. You with- stay there long enough, you'll see a movie. <laughs> That's true. That is yeah. true. I would also, uh, yeah, but I was watching, <laughs> that's a spin out there for a second. Um, I would I would watch every Nitro. I watched every Nitro leading up to this. And the last Nitro before the Spring Stampede was, I believe it was the last one. It, it was the debut of the new look WCW, that horrible logo that they had. It was the debut of that horrible logo. And... You didn't like that uh, American Chopper logo? <laughs> <laughs> no. And it was also... <laughs> it was... It was also the return of Sting. Sting came down from the rafters, the -hmm. spring stampede before, and then there was this big melee. And then as the melee was happening, there was this voiceover and this like big like graphic that appeared on their their version of the Titantron, but it wasn't called the Titantron. Uh, and it was Macho Man being like, "Ooh, there's going to be a four-way match at the pay-per-view, like announcing the main event in that. And then I remember the end of it was like, and I'm going to be the special referee. Like you didn't know who it was. And then he went, ooh, yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, it's Macho Man. I was really excited at the time because I hadn't seen Macho Man live since I had become a wrestling fan. And I hadn't seen Black and White Sting. Sting had gone away for a long time. He was Red and Black Sting. Uh, up until, you know, whatever, until Bret Hart beat him at Halloween Havoc 98, which was in October, and he disappeared. Uh, and I was also really into Raven and Saturn at this point. I was really into them, and I was really into Benoit and Malenko. I loved the tag team division at this time. I thought it was really exciting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'll give you, as we go through it, I'll give a little more history and stuff. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, as we start off the show, 
Uh, start off the show. First, they got, yeah, Spring Stampede 99. They got some wagons and uh, <laughs> uh, they got a very old West there in uh, Tacoma, uh, Washington. S, were you there? S was not there. However, this was the only WCW show ever in Tacoma. Oh, interesting. Oh, do me a favor. Watch the popping. Oh, yeah. Sure. Popping. Yeah, just, just I got too sure. excited. Uh, no, no, bless you. Um, so where is S? Let us know. Oh, you, we already discussed. You already. But there. S was there uh, when Booker T fought uh, Buff Bagwell on Raw. Oh yeah, no, I, I did read that. Yeah. I did read S's yeah. to tell him that. Um, so we get this weird generic rock music opening. So like, and like WWE had these like pretty epic like feud packages like and they usually add especially this time frame that like announcer guy like hey the stone cold yeah. steve austin versus the rock right. this literally is just uh someone's <laughs> fan video on youtube um and, and they cut everything up it was very uh confusing i had no idea what was going on i guess it was telling a story well <laughs> like, i also like i i want to give wcw the benefit of the doubt because things might have to have gotten edited to be on peacock like they certain music may have been taken out but I don't I'm know so, so much about the open. I don't know. Fine, I'm fine. I'll say that they may have had different music, but there was no there was no voiceover. There was nothing to no, tell us anything. No, no, no. Uh, like it's the bodies heading the floor to that. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> um, uh, then we get Tony setting up the night. Uh, Tony Schiavone with uh, 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 Bobby Heenan and Mike Tanay. Yeah. And they set up everything. And I actually like these setups. Yeah. Kind of them welcoming you to the show. They're kind of close in. I, I don't know if they do it as much. They do have them go to the announce desk, but like I like when they sit there for a little bit and kind of discuss almost like, well, I guess what they do at the WB pre-show, they right. kind of do that. Right. Uh, but I wish it was like maybe five minutes at the start of the pay-per-view just to get you amped for it, right? Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. This is really WCW commentary at their best. It's all downhill from here. Um, I want to talk about them at their best tonight. Um, the first match we get is Blitzkrieg versus Juventud Guerrera. Yeah. Uh, Blitzkrieg. Um, no idea what this person. He's from the cosmos. So here's he's from the, the cosmos. Thing. He's from outer space, and Juventud is fucking juiced out of his gourd. <laughs> I love that Juventude's tights say juice for real on the butt. I think that's. Really I thought it funny. was juice is for real. Oh, maybe. Maybe it is. <laughs> I thought I saw is there, but I could be wrong. Uh, also, Blitzkrieg, interesting about Blitzkrieg, he came to WCW in early 1999, had a bunch of really good matches, and then never showed up and ever again retired and became a uh, software engineer. Oh, I think I know why. Because when he came out for his entrance, they didn't put his name out there. <laughs> 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 like, like when Hoover Dude had the little name bar, they just forgot Let's Creek. That's so funny. <laughs> and I was looking. I was just like, I, I don't know who this that. is. That I have no that. idea who this is. And they didn't give me the name card. Yeah. I was looking for it. He trained. Uh, uh, he trained with co-owners of PWG, Super Dragon, and Excalibur. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Good for. I wonder if Excal. I wonder if he'll make a comeback at AEW. <laughs> um, Apparently, after Excal, uh, after Blitzkrieg retired, there was a Blitzkrieg two for a brief period of time, and Jack Evans was Blitzkrieg two. Oh, I like that though. Yeah. I kind of really like. Yeah. That. Where's Jack Evans these days? That's Someone a good let question. us know. Yeah. Got his head shaved and never came back. That's so disappointing. Um, next we have uh, during this match, it's a it's a it's a fine match. I it's just wasn't match. into it. You know, there's this really funny moment where uh, I don't know if you heard this or not, but this is like classic commentary, WCW commentary. I think so. Mike Tenay, 
back in the day, at the time, there was Nitro on Mondays and there was Thunder on Thursdays. And this was before SmackDown started, so Thunder was still running unopposed. And Mike Tanay, I believe it's Larry Zabisco and Mike Tanay were the Thursday commentary crew. And uh, Shivani and Bobby were Mondays. Monday, yeah. And um, they had, like, not a feud going or anything like that, but they would be like, Shivani and Heenan would be like, oh, who cares about Thursdays? You're on Zabisco's time. Buh, who cares? And Tanay, before the match started, was talking about Blitzkrieg, and he was like, Blitzkrieg, his finishing move is the, like, Blitzkrieg Splash, whatever it was called. And he recently gave it to wrestler Super Kalo, and Super Kalo suffered a second-degree concussion from it. And Bobby Heenan, thinking – I think he's – Bobby Heenan, I think, is referring to the fact that it happened on Thunder and not on Nitro. But Heenan doesn't say that. It just goes, ah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I – the, the commentary made me laugh a lot tonight but it wasn't for good like it wasn't right. for productive helpful reasons right. like at one point bobby straight up gets angry at tony shivani okay. and he's just like no yeah. i won't say it <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that, that specific part um uh, but uh throughout this it, it's a good match um we get a a, a super hoovy driver off the top rope which looked pretty rough yeah it did that look pretty rough. nuts <laughs> it uh look and who so did that drop kick spot did you see that drop kick spot where Hoovy's on the ground and Blitzkrieg jumps off the top rope to the ground and Hoovy just drop kicks him. Oh yeah. And Blitzkrieg just fucking takes it and hits the ground hard. Yeah. This is before they realized, like, I think before they understood how to properly catch and uh, yeah. position people when they jump off things, they were still doing it for pretty, pretty new. Um, next up, we get a recap of hardcore hack and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, and there and for some reason the fire extinguishers in WCW are bombs, yeah. and they just shoot everywhere. <laughs> they they're literally Mister Freeze's ice gun, and yeah. you can't see anything in the ring once you do it. Right. Um, so we get the next match is hardcore hack <laughs> versus Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember tuning in to. Uh, uh, wrestling on Sundays, whatever it yeah. was on Sundays, UPN. and uh, you on UPN, and I remember Hardcore Hack coming out, <laughs> and I remember him dressing like the Dudley Boys. What? <laughs> he had the camo. Him and Bri no, no, it was no, Brian it was Nobbs. Brian Nobbs. Brian Nobbs. And oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, excuse me. Never mind. I saw <laughs> Brian Nobbs. <laughs> Never mind. So this is what's that's really why funny. I didn't like WCW. Yeah. He stuck people <laughs> in his armpit, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> The pit stop. It was called the pit stop. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> I, um, I, well, let me, let me hear your thoughts here. You're going to not like no. this match. And I loved this match. So yeah, let's talk about this. So, uh, uh hack comes out with Raven's sister, chastity, chastity. Uh, uh, and, uh, Tony says some horrible things about her coming to the <laughs> ring. He's just like talking, like really talking about like, she's definitely coming to her own, hasn't she? And then he's like, right, Mike? And Mike's just like refusing to hubbana, be hubbana, a hubbana. dick. No, no, he's just like, yeah, she's uh, really learning the wrestling business world. And then Tony flats out says, I was asking how she looked. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It was really bad. Uh, and Bam Bam comes out with a cart full of shit. And, uh, uh I'm going to cover the match and then we'll talk about yeah. how you feel about it because yeah. I think everyone knows how I feel about it from the I, re but reading. It doesn't make uh, hack, sense. Hack, uh, bring, they go over to the, the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> they go over the wagon. They pull out a chair from under the a a table. table from under the wagon. 
and uh, uh, a hack does a senton off the wagon, which was fun. Fun little yeah, so senton. fun. So fun. <laughs> He's so upset. <laughs> uh, and uh, hack. Uh, his, oh, but just a quick note on hack. Hack, hack hacks punches. The Sandman. I'm just calling him Sandman. Yeah, he's the Sandman. Sandman. Sandman's punches are garbage. Sandman <laughs> doesn't know how to do anything good, and he only does bad. This... Uh, he's, he's like the worst. And I've noticed this about Sandman. It's not hard to see. He's never had done anything good, and I don't know why I expect it. Like, he has a great entrance. That is it. And in WCW, they didn't even give him that. So all he did was bad. <laughs> this, this between... He had a... A three-way hardcore match at Uncensored the month before this with Raven and Bam Bam. And between that match and this match, those are the two best matches of his entire career. These two matches. This is one of his best matches of his career? I'm sorry. Do we want, do we need to do a Sandman retrospective to know how bad all of his wrestling matches are? I'm sure there's got to be one with like, <laughs> wasn't the one with Stevie Richards and Terry Funk and a three-way ladder pretty good? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, and I, I wonder if his matches with Cactus were any good. I don't know, but he was also drunk. One out of was his really mind. bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know one where he's just concussed on his feet and no soul, <laughs> no sells everything Did that Cactus does, and ca then then Cactus gets upset, and you never see Mick right. upset in the ring, and he starts hitting him for real. He's just like, stay the fuck down. <laughs> but did Cactus think he was drunk and didn't know that he was concussed? No, he knew that he was like okay. out on his feet. He okay. knew he was concussed, but he's just like. He's not, he literally like, I, I, he kept hitting him as hard as he can with a chair in the head. He's just like staying down. He keeps getting right back up. And it was nuts. <laughs> um, like we'll continue. Um, then they, then they get, uh, uh, here's some items that they found. Here's some items that they used. Uh, guardrail, tables, ladders, crutch, broom, salad bowl. Uh, remember the salad bowl that he oh. put over his head? There's a couple of punches spots, the including salad the salad bowl that are not good. I get that. Uh, the announcers literally stop caring in the middle of the match. They just give up. They're just like, yeah, they're doing more. And then Bobby's like, I don't well, even know what to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what to say. And they just stop talking about it. They're making fun of the match <laughs> throughout. Yeah. They're like, he's getting up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bam Bam picks up a guardrail above his head, holds it there forever for chastity to come in for her spot which she forgets she was supposed to hit him like pretend to hit him with a fire yeah. extinguisher he grabs it then shoves it up her butt to shoot <laughs> yeah not great fire... that's not 1999 great. that's 1999 uh and then we get a just a jump ahead greetings from asbury parks uh park through a table um how many stars did you give this one roy do you know what dave Meltzer gave this match what do you think oh. his star rating was for this match I don't, well, okay, so he likes he doesn't he likes ECW maybe I don't no. know I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he gives it uh, a, a one and one and three quarters three and a half stars what <laughs> he wrote this was really the perfect match to follow the previous one because it was totally different Hack was out there literally killing his body to get himself in the match over unlike the Luchadors who risk injury when they do the spectacular flying moves Hack at 270 pounds out there doing the stunt work is pretty much guaranteeing a very difficult life once he gets past 40. Yeah, he's, uh, I wonder how he's doing. Uh, one thing I will say about him, good looking guy. Yeah. I like Sandman's look. Sandman's, Sandman's look, look. Honestly, he looks so good. And then him coming out to the ring with his cool entrance yeah. and like, uh, even the, the eyebrow piercing, like all of it works. And I don't mind the way that he dresses like shit because he just looks like a teamster. Right. He's just a teamster. That's that what is his exactly character. Who he is in but real life. He wrestles like 
like it like all of his punches look like gumby's throwing them they're all wild and they're like wound up and like they never could get anywhere near to connect ever did you see the the one spot that i was like as i was watching this match because when i was a kid i loved this match i loved it because i just love people getting hit with shit i loved sure. it um and looking back on it i was watching the match this is the first time i'd seen this match in a long time and i was like man like there's nothing that bad in this match, like spot wise, like everything's going fine. And then Sandman tries to do a suplex and he just drops oh Bam Bam on his knees. <laughs> what was that? He's like, because like Bam Bam was trusting you, kid. <laughs> like he's just not able to do anything. And then he tries to do a leg drop on uh, the guardrail from the top rope, but somehow crotches himself, even though it's nowhere near his crotch. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he does. And that's the thing that I like about Sandman. And I understand he's a bad wrestler and I know he's a bad wrestler and all of his matches are bad, yeah. but I just love how sloppy, how uniquely sloppy his, his wrestling is like the somersault that he does onto the ladder that's on top of Bam Bam and his weird leg drop and everything he does. He lands like, Ugh, like he's just totally spread out the whole time. He just doesn't get it. He he's like a guy control. who's been in the business. And like, I don't even understand before he was like the Sandman with the beers. He was like a surfer, right? Yeah. He was like a surfer Sandman and people and like, and before ECW, when he was doing that thing, he was like their champion of Eastern Championship Wrestling in a singlet. And I'm like, what did anyone see in this guy? You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. It's nuts. I just think uh, this is this is Sandman at his best. He's sober. He has stop to wrestle. saying that. It's true, <laughs> You keep though. saying he's at his best. And I, do, and I just I, want I, to I say, like, this is Sandman. Like, well, right. That's... Is there a best? I think Bam Bam does a great job with him too. But my thing is like, if you don't like this match, then how can you like any of the WWF hardcore title stuff? Because it's the same thing. Um, uh, no, it's not the same thing. I refuse to believe it's the same thing. Well, well, the thing is, the hardcore title stuff was was uh short, much shorter than this almost always much shorter than this uh and yeah you got a lot of that uh, cartoony stuff but like when there were serious matches like with raven big show came was a great match oh, great because match. they they built it well they built yeah. it up very well this was poorly built everything looked sloppy that came from sandbad at least raven knows how to work big right. show kind of came yes uh and, but came yeah. is good. he's a good worker he's a good worker he is good absolutely uh, i just but, like i just think like the, the biggest issue with this match and the biggest issue with all WCW hardcore matches is that the commentators think it's hilarious. They don't take it seriously. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler always took that shit seriously, no matter how ridiculous it was. You want to know why? Why? Because they're good at, at their job? Because Vince McMahon's in their ear. Sure. And say what you want about Vince McMahon treating people like shit on, that, on the announce team. I agree. That's a bad yeah. man. Um, but... They didn't do this shit where they're literally just giving up. There's parts yeah. where like uh, Bobby's uh, like the Bobby's just like I don't got anything to say anymore. And Mike today is trying his best. Mike today is trying his best yeah. throughout. Yeah. But Tony Schiavone is just like I can't control this guy. What do you think, Mike today? <laughs> Mike today is just like the match. <laughs> like it's just like what are you talking about? One day um, I'll make you watch. Uh, it's La Parka and Silver King versus Cyclope and Damian. In a tag team hardcore match, 
on Nitro. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Check, it, please. <laughs> I love that match still to this day because they're just killing each other. They're just going insane. They're absolutely killing each other. But the whole time, the commentary team is just laughing at them. And Tony keeps saying, because it's four luchadors in a tag match. What did he say? Tony keeps saying, it's not just a hardcore match. It's a Mexican hardcore match. And he just oh, keeps saying good. it over and over and over. It's so awful. The commentary is the worst you'll ever hear in your life. It's so bad. These guys are literally going headfirst into chairs. And the commentators are just like, hee, 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 hee. It's and you, bad. You literally said this is... WCW now it's like at its finest. No, 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 at no, 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 start of this I show. said, I said, what I meant by that is that the opening with the camera okay. being on them and building is them at their finest and then it's all downhill from here. Okay. Oh, that's what you, I thought you meant yeah. in terms of like no, no, no. the rest of the 99. Of the no, okay. in terms of the okay. show. Uh, but we got uh, Bam Bam winning. Uh, but, uh, at the end, Tony Schiavone is like, and please, kids, don't try this at home. Bobby's like, yeah, try it in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I would try at home, though. Yeah. With with well, like pillows and my brothers and like all these things. I would just hit him with cookie sheets all the time. No, I get it. I know. I get it. I 100% uh, get it. Uh, next up, we get uh, Scotty Riggs <sighs> versus Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> and I uh, I wrote this down immediately. And I like uh, I like Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. But WWE got Cactus Jack and Stone Cold Steve Austin. WCW got Hardcore Hack and Mikey. <laughs> <Whitman>. <laughs> yeah. Did they ever get a good besides Mike Awesome? Uh, but but, the, but like, did they ever get a good WCW no. guy? WWF got Cactus Jack, Steve Austin, the Dudley Boys, Taz. Eventually, they got RVD and Jerry Lynn. Like WCW had Jerry Raven. Lynn. They got Raven. They they got after WCW had Raven, but Raven did a good job in WCW, and we'll talk about that. In a little no, I'm bit. saying like they they, right. they had Raven. They got but Raven like, and I, Saturn too. What what are your thoughts on Scotty Riggs? Boy, oh boy, WCW used to do this thing on their pay per views, uh, where they would be like, "Oh, we have a special unadvertised match," and it would always be like Scotty Riggs versus Mikey Whipwreck or Norman Smiley versus Meng or like whatever. It was never something that had any heat and that anyone cared about. Is he about. good? No, he's not. He's not. He was uh, – Scotty Riggs was tag team partners with Buff Bagwell. They were the American males. And then oh, Buff, Buff became NWO and Scotty joined the flock after Raven gave him a drop toe hold on a chair, giving him an eye patch. So he had an eye patch for a while. And then the flock disbanded because of Saturn in an excellent match. And then Scotty, they needed something to do with Scotty Riggs, so they gave him the like, "I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty guy." It felt very it. Rob, like, like post-crisis Rob Conway. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. very much like that. But we get this match, and uh, Mikey Whipwreck works hard. He uh, works I like really Mikey Whipwreck. Works very hard. Uh, his outfit sucks. That's his gear. That's that's no, but the, like, Mikey the thing Whipwreck is like. Gear. I get it, but like the thing is, like he works hard, he sells well, he puts in the effort, and he looks like absolute shit. He, he's wearing Andy Kaufman leg leggings, <laughs> and he's wearing like a, a fucking Nasty Boys t like fan t shirt, not even like a sleeveless one. Like I just wanted to look a little bit like I don't know, have a different look. Yeah, have, like that, that's that's not a different look. That's not the Mikey Whipwreck look. That is literally the ECW. Uh, uh, extra look. Well, literally uh, every other, like every uh, not like that's Balls Mahoney and Ian Rotten and Mikey right. Whipwreck, and they all have that same yeah. look. 
Yeah. If you it go back and nuts. watch like 1994 ECW when Mikey Whipwreck is still a jobber and hasn't like gotten that rub from Cactus Jack yet, he's wearing the exact same gear that he's wearing at Spring Stampede 99. You got to step it up. Got to step, step it up. It up. Um, but uh, they, there's some boring chants uh, yeah. uh, during this. Boring Big chance. time. Big time. And then uh, Mikey Whipwreck gets, a, gets hit with a flying forearm. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. So this um, was pretty much it for old Mikey Whipwreck, too, in WCW. Is this his last foray? Pretty. He, so he debuted at Uncensored 99 the month before against Kidman, and they had a good match. It was for the Cruiserweight title, and they had a good match. And then he, I think they hired him, and he was injured, and he just never told them. Nice. And then he got hurt more, was off TV. I think he might have wrestled in the Junkyard match, which is probably the worst match in the history of professional wrestling, where literally every person in it got injured. Um, it was like a 16-man hardcore battle royal in an actual junkyard, and nothing was gimmicked. So Like, like a fucking tetanus? Yeah, like people got cut. People got like I think I think Regal and Dave Taylor were in that match, which is like really weird. That's uh, why Regal's been the way he's been. <laughs> like he literally has the weird stomach condition that he almost died from the inside on. Right. I got uh, uh, wonder. Yeah, but this was pretty much it for him. But he ended up back in ECW by the end of the year as well, and he was teaming with Tajiri. That was a much better place for him. Much better. Um, Change his uh, gear. And, did he? He changed his gear at that point, yeah, to match well, I the remember, I like when he changed his gear and then he dyed his hair and he was wearing all black and then the bright hair. Yeah, yeah. That's when he started being, yeah. But either way, next up, we got Disco Inferno and Conan. They do a recap of their feud. Uh, and uh, I guess it's on the basis of Disco making fun of Conan's music video. Yeah, Conan released a music video and Disco was outraged by it. So he released a parody video of it. Was it good? No. <laughs> no. Although uh, I do, so, looking back on it now, I do think it's funny, like, with Disco just, like, kind of, like, overlaying himself into the music video and him being, like, Odele and him, like, trying to do, like, dance moves. Kind of funny. That sounds funny. I actually would like to see it. Uh, so, K-Dog, uh, uh, that's Conan, um, Conan the, right? the answer to Road Dog for WCW. Um, Disco uh, is wearing blue camo pants, uh, which I thought was interesting. And, yeah. th and then, uh, but so did uh, K-Dog. So did Conan. Mm -hmm. And Conan calls him a strawberry. No one <laughs> understands why. <laughs> Conan loves calls, calling people strawberries. He calls him a strawberry, and then he proceeds to get beaten up by Disco Inferno <laughs> for 10 minutes. <laughs> and gets no offense, and Disco didn't cheat. <laughs> he just beat him up. <laughs> he just beat up Conan. Conan sucks. Conan is objectively terrible <laughs> he's a bad wrestler too like he's like literally literally if Rey mysterio had sex with sandman and now came conan there's the fucking guy that just that every now and then does something a little bit agile a little bit agile like he'll do that fucking tumble clothesline which i just yeah. have no patience for but like he'll jump over the ropes or something but then he just like fucking has these dumb kicks and these dumb punches yeah. and he's a bad he's bad well um, i've always wanted to see conan's mexico work because he was like the most over human being in the history of Mexico. Like yeah. he would, there were stories that Jericho would tell about him, Eddie and Conan going to the mall and it was Easter. 
and there was these huge lines of kids waiting for the Easter Bunny. But as soon as they all saw Conan, they all flocked to Conan and left the Easter Bunny in the dust. So I yeah. want to see if he was a better wrestler in like 1993. Let me let me put it this way: I think, I think uh, 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 Mexican culture and luchador love it, love it to death, love the idea of it. But they also like Vampiro. <laughs> like they don't true. have the yeah. best judgment on who their stars are. Uh, Mil Mascaris is a piece of shit, and he sucks. Yeah, yeah he sucks. Mil Mascaris sucks. Oh man, <laughs> oh man. Um, but what? Yeah. So we get that. Um, and I asked, why is Disco dominating this? He was just <laughs> laying waste to him. Um, these are the that I wrote. These are the two least believable wrestlers. <laughs> And then we get the uh, st the stunner or the last dance yeah. uh, for the win. From Conan to From Disco. Conan so to Disco, Disco dominates this match and then gets beat by his own move. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Um, how many how many stars did you give this before we get to Meltzer's? Uh, like one. This was a bad match. This was a I'm going to give it. I think, I think I'm going to say Meltzer gave yeah. this a star and a quarter. Okay. That's, a, that's actually probably a pretty good guess. Uh, he gave, first of all, he gave the Scotty Riggs match half a star. And then he gave this match a star and a quarter. A star and a quarter. Let's yeah. go! Do you, do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like Disco Inferno brings anything to the table? Honestly, I do. Uh, yeah. that's the part that upsets me because I don't, his, his face is punchable. Like he's a, <laughs> he's a good heel. Yeah. He's a good heel. Um, his wrestle, he's not a, a bad wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler. He's just not like, he's it's just like, I don't like the place they put him in. You know, they put yeah. him too high up on the card. Yeah. He should never have gotten to that high, those heights. Yeah. He got to some heights in WCW that yeah. I'm shocked by. Yeah. Shocked that they put that much faith in this guy. <laughs> Yeah, I think by the end of WCW, he was one of the like main. Like a five time WCW champion or something? Like that? <laughs> no, he never won the title. But he won every other title but the WCW title. Uh, he was, <laughs> Did he, he was, really? I think so. he was definitely cruiserweight. Definitely, US? He definitely cruiserweight. Definitely television. Maybe US. US is the one that I'm doubting. I can look it up. We're here. We can keep, um, we can keep talking while I look this up. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's the thing about disco. I just. Not the song, the wrestler. Um, I just hate him so much, but I guess it's important to have somebody that you fucking hate. You yeah, he's a good he's, he's a good person to hate. I think he was, uh, I, I, but I, I don't like him as a person now, and I, I just kind of wish I didn't have to watch his matches. I just don't. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now we're getting into some good stuff. Yes. Now, now we're getting starts. into some good stuff. Uh. Yeah. Let me know when you find out about him. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, he only. He won the cruiserweight title once. He won the tag team titles once with Alex Wright, the Dancing Fools. And he won the television title twice. And then in 1995, okay. the Wrestling Observer newsletter fans, the readers, voted him best gimmick in 1995. That's disgusting. Isn't that gross? Goldust was in 1995. Uh, Goldust really took over more in 96, I think. I could be wrong Goldust about that. Goldust debuted in 95, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. should have been Goldust. You're right. should have been Goldust. should have been Goldust. Hell, do it should have been Doink. I don't give a shit. It should have been him. Um, next up, we get Billy Kidman versus yeah. Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Um, Billy Kidman comes out. He looks like William Fitchner. Uh, you ever see? Um, you ever see Armageddon? No. You ever see Dark Knight? Yes. You remember in the beginning in the bank? Yeah. 
and he's going up and there's this like the joker and his feeds are trying to rob the place and one bank manager shoots back with a shotgun yes he's just like do you know who you're talking to this is the mob's money this is the mob it looks exactly like billy kidman it's nuts i can't wait to show you uh, look it up william think thinkner um yeah uh but ray looks like someone's kid bro from disney channel <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is this is an interesting thing, right? Because right without a mask, you're a WWF guy, and yes, I'm sure you'd seen this. Before. I've seen it before. Wasn't new. I've seen... But like, yeah, Ray Ray looks like a, a child, but he's like a he's a good looking guy, you know. But he has such a cute little face. He looks like a Disney child kid. Yeah. He looks like a Mickey Mouse club. Right. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, they have a good back and forth match. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun things that you don't see in this time frame. Um, one one spot on the outside, Ray goes for a head scissors off the guardrail, yeah. smacks his head into the stairs. Uh, made me think he was concussed. Um, announcers literally give up, uh, literally start fighting. Tony blames Tanay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Tony's like, you going to say anything, Brain? He's like, and, he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, why would I repeat myself or something? I don't like want to sound redundant. Right, right, yeah. Um, and uh yeah it was just it was just bad announcing um uh running shooting star press off the apron yeah. uh fucking need uh, he need raise knee like they their knees clanked i um, always thought um that because of billy kidman i always thought the shooting star press was like the most dangerous move in wrestling because billy kidman never quite perfected it it wasn't until i saw evan Bourne, aka matt seidel do the move that i was finally like oh yeah okay this is not this is how it should be done but that being said, I will say this about Billy Kidman. It's probably the best looking shooting star mm. for the reason, like Evan Bournes is the prettiest. Yeah. You know, Matt Seidel is the pretty, there's a bunch that have really pretty ones these days. Brock's is pretty. Sure. Brock's is beautiful. Absolutely. Brock but is the most air of anybody I've ever seen do it's, the move. It's nuts. But what he does, uh, he kind of does it the similar way that Jeff Hardy does the swanton. He kind of just like lets his body float. Like he does this weird thing where it he goes on the side almost every time and it looks so much more impactful. And because it's legitimately concussed people before yeah. you believe it. So anytime it happens, you're like, Oh, like it yeah. has that impact to it. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's not the, it's not the textbook shooting star <laughs> press. Um, uh, then Randy Anderson, by the way, Randy Anderson, he has some fast fucking counts. Yeah. That guy is just like, one, two, three. <laughs> like, just like, Ray was just like, the fuck? <laughs> Let me have some fucking time. Um, fast counts. Uh, and the announcers, there's this one part where the match gets a little slow. There's a part where just kind of like, there's it, weird pacing in the middle. Yeah. And the announcers are just like, oh, they're going real slow now. They're not, <laughs> real slow. They kept talking about how like the match is slow now. And it was just so... I really hated the announcing so much, uh, but they pick it up uh, back up at the end, and there's a Frankensteiner off the top rope uh, for the win. Rey Mysterio wins it. Uh, what, what, you like this match? I mean, I, this is a good yeah, match. This was a good match. I did like this match. I like that they're also the tag team champions at the time. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I think this is like the precursor for like the style that's that we see today. Like so much of the style that we see today, except it's a little more methodical. It's not as fast paced while still being fast paced. But yeah, no, I did. I really enjoyed this match. And let me see what Meltzer gave it. By the way, um, let me guess. He's yeah. gonna give it. Uh, he's gonna dock it for the announcing. I'm gonna say it's three and three quarters. Interesting. Uh, let's see. 
You know what the most he writes? I mean, before I tell you the stars, this is what he writes about it. You know what the most amazing thing about these guys is? Kidman came out literally swimming in baby oil, and they did a match doing all the high-tech stuff, and they never slip and slide off. This match was disappointing for two reasons. The first was that the crowd wasn't into it. The second is uh, is beat Mysterio. Is Mysterio Jr. nearly knocked himself out doing a spinning head scissors off the guardrail onto the floor. Uh, when his head accidentally cracked into the rid steps at the 330 mark, he actually got up and did the rest of the match, and the two didn't even miss any spots and did their high degree of difficulty moves, but Mysterio Jr. sort of lost his fire because his head was ringing. Three stars. Ah, Three stars. Three, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good match. I don't know if it's like, oh, it's check not their this best, match out. But it's a good it's not match. Their best. It's not their um, best, though. I yeah. will say also, by the way, I just want to point this out. Uh, Disco Inferno won Best Gimmick in 1995. Five years prior to that, one wrestler won the award five consecutive years. Who do you think that wrestler was? Taker. Yeah. The Undertaker yeah. the Undertaker streak was ended by Disco Inferno. <laughs> and I bet the next year it went back to Taker. <laughs> it went, no, it was so it Let was me actually, guess ninety seven is 96 the next year. Would be the 96 next year. Is it? Mankind? The NWO. Okay. And then 97 and 98, this is the last one we'll do. 97 and 98, won by the same person two consecutive years. Who was really coming up the ranks in 97 and 98? Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold won in 97 and yeah. 98. That's great. Okay, we're on the same page. Um, next up, um, we're going to get uh, uh, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko versus Perry Saturn and Raven in a great match. Great match. Great match. In a great fucking match. Like, the yeah. thing is, like, both teams work well together. Yeah. Uh, uh, some things that I wanted to say about like, uh, uh, Benoit Malenko are probably the most credible looking wrestlers in the world. And Benoit specifically is most believable person I've ever seen in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's, it's, um, Perry Saturn, every single move he does looks like it's from the video game. It's so Mm -hmm. perfect. Uh, and Raven is a great baby face. Yeah. Isn't he? The crowd. He knows how to wrestle like a fucking baby face better than anyone else. When he got that hot tag, the crowd went nuts. When he brought the chair out and he did the drop toe hold on the chair, the crowd went crazy. This is what I'm, look, we got to take a timeout. We got to take a pause for the cause here and talk about Raven real quick. Raven debuts for WCW in late 97 and like does some kind of weird stuff here and there, but really starts to pick up steam in the beginning of 1998 when he has a feud with Chris Benoit. And then the Chris Benoit feud leads to a feud with DDP and DDP Raven and Chris Benoit have a triple threat match at uncensored 1998 because every one of Raven's matches is Raven's rules. So it's it's, it's because he came from ECW. So it's just like ECW rules and it's a great match. And then he has another match with Raven with DDP at Spring Stampede '98, and it's another good match. And Raven wins the United States title. Raven's the United States champion for one night, and then he loses to Goldberg the next night, which is really dumb. But what are you gonna do? And then from there, he has he starts this feud. He has one more match with with DDP at Slamboree, which is like again an interesting. It's in a cage, and it's like a weapons like Bowery cage match or something, and it's fine. It's good. And then he has this like six month four to six month long feud with perry saturn all based around the flock raven's flock it's you know kidman's in the flock riggs is in the flock sick boy who no one ever really cared about horace who no one ever really cared about either but like it's all of these guys and the whole thing is like saturn being like it's mind over matter like you're controlling all these people with your brain you have to set these people free i'm gonna set the flock free 
and they have a series of matches and Canyon gets involved and it becomes like a three-way thing and Canyon as Canyon or Mortis as Canyon so he's Mm -hmm. Mortis and then Raven basically is like you're come with me you're with me now I'll teach you to believe in yourself you know I'll teach you to be you so he's Canyon and then they have a triple threat that's good in August and then in September at Fall Brawl Raven and Saturn have a match where if Saturn wins, he has to join the flock because Saturn was originally a member of the flock, but he broke free. And Saturn said, I was never a member of the flock. I was just Raven's friend. I was just there to help Raven out because they did the whole thing. You know how Tommy Dreamer and Raven had the thing in ECW where they were like, we went to summer camp together. But they basically did that with Saturn. Saturn and Raven went to school together. But Raven, like Saturn leaves the flock and they have a match at Fall Brawl. Saturn wins, Raven joins the, or Saturn wins, the flock is disbanded and done. Sure. And Saturn wins. And the pop when Saturn wins is huge. They're both so over because they did a good job of building this feud. And yeah, the next and- night on Nitro, Kidman wins the Cruiserweight title and the, the flock disbands and we're off to the races. Yeah, I, just, I think that just Raven, he's so smart and he knows how to put a match together and he knows how to get the people on his side. Yeah. He knows how to be a good babyface and which is shocking uh because he's also such a great heel. Right. Um but with things in this match um yeah it was just a great great flow. They look great. Saturn what's with the yellow eyes? Just yeah, just so wearing them. Real quick. He just likes yellow eyes. I'm just I'm going for it here. I'm giving you the whole backstory here. Um at again the pay-per-view prior uncensored 99 uh, oh, Chris, oh wait Perry Saturn is wearing yellow contacts yeah yellow contacts and a leather dress um Saturn is fighting Jericho in I believe a dog collar match and the loser has to wear a dress mm-hmm. and originally Bischoff was like well Jericho you're leaving WCW to go to WWF to punish you I'm gonna make you lose this match and you're gonna have to wear a dress for your last X amount of months that you're here well Bischoff no shows uncensored 99 he doesn't show up and Jericho and Saturn are talking about this. And Saturn's like, you know, fuck him. Fuck this. I'm going to lose. I'm going to wear the dress. <laughs> so they just changed the finish. So Saturn has to wear a dress now. So Saturn gets really into like the Marilyn Manson kind of like thing. So he starts to like wear black and leather and bondage. Did you happen to notice? I thought this was very funny. When Saturn and Raven did a run in, like they in the video package before the match, and they were showing how the feud was built. Uh, Saturn and Raven do a run-in on a Malenko and Benoit match, and Saturn's wearing jeans but wearing a black corset to go with the jeans. No, I did not notice that. <laughs> really good. I had trouble watching these fucking video packages. They're yeah. so fucking long. Yeah. They're so long, and they get, like they show full matches, it seems. Like, they're just <laughs> showing so much. No cuts. It's just a yeah. lot. Um, oh, but that's interesting. Um, one thing I noticed, uh, Chris Benoit, Never changed his gear in no. his entire career. No. He's always had the, the the claw marks on the side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a great match. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, WCW has a ref problem uh, because uh, it seems like Lil Nate, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name that worked with the NWO? Oh, Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick. Uh, they're like little Nate's with the four horsemen, yeah. Nick Patrick's with the NWO, Randy Anderson's speed counting everyone. <laughs> I think it's just so weird. But what happens is Arn Anderson gets to the rig with a chair blatantly, <laughs> yeah. well, lays the chair on it's top. Raven's rules. It's Raven's rules. Oh, is that the oh, okay, yeah, so All it's right, okay, well. technically. So he could just come in. Why is the ref kicking him out then? Well, the I you still want to get him out of the ring. Why? 
It's Raven's rules. I I know, but like, come on, get out. Get Could you describe me? Describe the rules, Raven has. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The pinfall has to occur in the ring. Uh, old age does nothing. <laughs> Benoit headbutts the chair, which helps the other person. That hurts the other person. Yeah, well, he headbutts. So, our, Double A puts the chair very gently on, on top Raven. of Raven's head, and then Chris Benoit jumps off. Smashes his head into the chair. Busts himself uh, open, by the way. <laughs> it's just such that. a nasty looking thing. Yeah. And God, it's... Uh, yeah. If we only knew. If we, if only, we only knew. knew. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Ric Flair. They show a little video package of Ric Flair stripping Scott Hall of the U.S. title. He has a tournament in place. Uh, and just uh, I'll just jump ahead to the end. <laughs> uh, Booker T wins uh, against uh, Chris Jericho. With a little help from Stevie Ray and the Blackjack. Yeah, the um, Slapjack. The Blackjack. The Slapjack. Oh, God, I hate that thing. <laughs> I've always been so angry at the Slapjack. It's a sock. It's a fucking sock. How did you... Have we ever talked about the Mad Ball? How do you feel about the Mad Ball? What the hell is a Mad Ball? The, two, the, the thing that Santana and Ortiz use, where they put the two, like... It's supposed to be two, like pool balls in a sock oh yeah but it's clearly no, I like hate tennis it. balls i fucking hate it i fucking hate it so much because it bounces <laughs> it fucking <laughs> bounces yeah. i just wish there was i don't know and we're gonna get to what who had the thing in their trunks uh who uh, scott steiner's just yeah. like a piece of white like a yeah. white clicker pen yeah. um but we get to the match <laughs> itself here scott steiner versus booker t uh and i didn't understand the rules of this because like they were trying to explain it they're just like uh, Booker T has nothing to lose because if he wins, he gets another title. But if he loses, he still has his title. And I'm like, what are you talking he about? He might have been TV champion at the time. Like, he might have been TV champion. I'm, not I'm sure. so confused. Uh, but what we get is, uh, actually, I really like this match a lot. Uh, Scott Steiner is over. Yeah. Scott Steiner has so much heat. And it's so fun to see him go to the crowd. Yo. Him yeah. going to the crowd and then him going up to a woman who's just like, you want to touch it? You can <laughs> fucking touch it. And, and she's like, is that your boyfriend right there? Your girl's touching me. Your girl's fucking touching me. And she's, he's just like, yeah, she's touching you now, but she goes home with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love- and, and the entire time, she's like, he's screaming angry at, and she's like, woo, woo, woo. And she's just touching his chest and his, and every time he walks by, she's like, woo, and touches him. <laughs> That's what I was going to say that I loved. I forgot uh, that there's this woman who's just like, woo. She oh, wanted to my. fuck Scott Steiner in front of her boyfriend. Uh, and it was that really, really and sincerely. 100%. Um, and Booker T is over. Like these, both of them are so over. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's fun to see Scott Hall, uh, Scott Steiner, uh, young, younger moving. Well, yeah, like, yeah, like better. even though he was not, not as good as he was maybe five years earlier, yeah. but he's, he, he still moves great. Like yeah. he still he gets some height, he jumps well, like he's doing a lot. Uh, but I loved the stalling in this. It was brilliant because the fans wanted it. The fans wanted yeah. to yell and scream at him. Uh, we do get a steroids chant. Uh, did you hear the steroids chant? I didn't. Uh, there was a steroids chant in there. Um, Booker and Scott have great chemistry. Uh, very hard hitting. Very hard hitting. And they're slugging each other. Yeah. Uh, and like really, Steiner was clubbing the back of Booker T's head real good. It, and, and I love the way Booker sells. Booker sells just like, yeah. like, like, oh, like he's like got hit and he's like dazed. Like I can't, like you're trying to catch his breath. It's very good. Maybe he was actually doing that. Uh, and then there was just multiple ref bumps. Uh, and then Scott pulls out a roll of Mentos 
And he just <laughs> hits him in the head with it, puts it in his trunk. So that's how he gets the win. We get Scott Steiner getting the win. Uh, uh, how did you uh, how did you like this match? Did you like it? I did like this match. I do like it. I I, I felt like with mo- as with most WCW matches, the ending was very convoluted. It probably could have been a little more straightforward. My big takeaway, because I agree with a lot of what you said, and my big takeaway is like it's crazy to me, and it's just another example of why like all these problems that WCW had. It would be over a year, over a year, far into the decline of WCW. It would be over a year until either one of these guys entered the world title picture. It's such over, a because Scott was Scott was so ready. Scott was the most over heel on the entire show. Yeah, not a single person didn't want to fight him, and he wanted to fight every single one of them. The only it's person. actually a treat. It's yeah. actually I do recommend people just going back and watching his entrance, and maybe even the first two minutes of him in the ring because he just goes right back to the outside and starts yeah. trying to hit fans, knocking off someone's hat yeah. uh, or trying to. He just clubs them. <laughs> he just clubs that fan, trying yeah. to knock his hat. The only oh, person man. in that arena who didn't want to fight him was that woman that wanted to fuck him. No, and, and her boyfriend, who definitely <laughs> didn't want to fight him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was that. Uh, but check that out. Uh, great, great stuff. And uh, they're, honestly, I know Scott was on the juice. He must have oh, been. But, huge, uh, but Booker is enormous. Yeah, His Booker's back there. is absolutely yeah. so wide. So wide. I, I do believe that he's probably natural. Yeah. Um. Uh, most mostly, uh, who knows? But uh, if he he dabbled, but like he's always looked that good, even his old yes, age. Absolutely. He, at this age, he looks great. He does. Like, I mean, this is like peak Booker T. I mean, ninety eight, ninety nine Booker T is is amazing. He has a pay per view. It's either s- like Spring Stampede, Slamboree, Great American Bash, one of those in ninety eight, where he wrestles like three matches in one night. He wrestles like Finley, Rick Martel, and Saturn, like all at one pay-per-view, and it's incredible. They this is ninety-eight is also the time when him and Benoit had a best of seven series. They had the best of seven. And they're which incredible. Was really good. They're all great matches. Booker T, like and Booker T had great matches with Brett at this time, too. Like they really should have uh, pulled Booker T's trigger. great. They really, they really should have the trigger on Booker T here. Um next up we get uh WCW.com interview with Rey Mysterio. No one can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no audio, and the fans start booing. This is uh, Mark Madden's best. This is where Mark Madden should have always stayed. He should have never have, been a commentator. I, I didn't even hear a thing he said. This is him no at his problem. best, when he doesn't yeah, say a word. Right. Um, then we get a weird Nash and Goldberg promo video, another one of these things. Yeah. And then we get Nash and Goldberg. We get Nash coming out with uh, Miss Elizabeth and Lex Luger, which is horrifying. Um, sure yeah for a lot of reasons yeah, um just reasons. To, so some backstory here right like nash beats goldberg at starcade 98 to end goldberg's streak because of the taser and the then taser. The, the next night is the finger poke of doom uh when it really should have been goldberg's like well a finger poke of doom for those of you that, that don't know is when uh hulk hogan pokes a finger at kevin nash and pins him for the wcw title that he just beat goldberg for. yeah and we'll talk uh, about that too in a moment we'll talk about hogan Going back and reading The Observer, I've got some interesting Hogan tidbits. Um, And then Goldberg fights Scott Hall in a taser match at Sold Out 99. Oh, yeah. He wins. And then I have no idea. I think Goldberg fights Bam Bam Bigelow after that. This should have all led to the rematch between Nash and Goldberg, eventually putting the title back on Goldberg. But instead, Nash decides to lose clean here. And then the next month, Nash would win the title. And then they would never wrestle each other again. 
great booking <laughs> really, really good. sad really sad uh but they uh nash comes out he's the, the the wolf pack is in the house uh did did anyone know that um goldberg comes out and what a great entrance yeah goldberg does have a very intense entrance and when he breathes the fire he's he, when they do the sparklers right next to him he, he inhales the smoke so that as soon as it's over he uh, exhales smoke did you notice that oh yeah big time you know big it time. you know it big time big time um but uh get a match and it's fine yeah it's honestly it's a, fine it's a goldberg match and and nash does a good job nash does a good job actually i really like nash here because everything he does looks good yeah everything he does looks good it's not necessarily it's the same things he's always done yeah five always moves. do he's got uh, but it's it's good and i love i love 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 his sidewalk slam mm -hmm. i think he has the best sidewalk slam that there's ever been wow tied with bubba ray uh, yeah uh, sure, bubba ray sure. gets some fucking height with oh his uh sidewalk slam. i love to kevin nash's leapfrog over goldberg uh, yeah he's a very athletic guy yeah very athletic um but we get uh we want sting chance throughout um a low blow spot uh luger hits goldberg with a chair upside down i hate yeah, that i no one knows how to swing a chair in this fucking company no one yeah it's weird to get out because it, it just grabbed the handle there's yeah, handles there's handles yeah grab the just, wrong side you might as well just bring out a salad bowl at that point might as well be that's 100 percent true uh goldberg uh grabs nash's dick jackhammer <laughs> and we get the win uh he just holds on to his dick for a little bit um and it was a fine match a fine yeah. match um i'm curious as to what uh Meltzer gave it i'm gonna guess uh one and a half stars one and a one half and three quarter Ooh, one and three quarter. close one star oh, damn it. what i did like about it too is that oh that is really funny <laughs> Actually, Nash looked good for a spot. Nash used a chair shot on Goldberg. Goldberg made the big recovery using the claw to the groin, followed by a spear and jackhammer. Claw he to the groin. It, huh? He gave it one star. He didn't love it. He gave that claw to the claw yeah, to the groin one that. star. He did. I, I uh, um, what was I gonna say? I forgot. I lost my train of thought. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I liked that. Never in the history of WCW, after Goldberg beats someone. Did do they cut back to the opponent getting up? Because Goldberg yeah. is supposed to have killed him, but they cut back to Nash who's standing. And he's, he's standing like, up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, got to make Nash look strong in defeat. It's dumb. It's so dumb. How do Everything you, like did you just like Goldberg was your guy. He should have been your fucking guy. I mean, he sucks. Don't get me wrong. Bill Goldberg sucks. He's ruined multiple people's careers, and he sucks. But he was the most over person on your roster and you should have leaned into that and you just didn't you just yeah. didn't do it. It, it it's just really dumb the the way they handle everything i really like you ever read uh death of wcw yeah oh yeah big time big time. great book great, great book. book um uh, next up we have uh the, the main event the main, main event what everyone's here for here. uh the four quarters match with randy savage uh as the guest referee he comes out randy savage <laughs> to new music gorgeous <laughs> george match? and absolutely roided out of his oh, mind oh my god yes this is his first time being roided right the, like everyone was shocked by how great shape he's in yeah that's what the announcers kept saying yeah he's juiced beyond belief and he's got brand new hair to go with it too and so as it goes on the rest of wcw he just gets more and more swollen like the kool-aid man he gets worse and worse i remember by the time that he did um 
well, sure. Spider-Man. Yeah. He is literally a thumb. He is a thumb. Yeah. His, his neck, there's no separation from his neck and head. Well, the thing it's about... It's just all thumb. <laughs> the thing about Savage, though, is that he comes back here in you know April of 99 and is out of the company by like September. He really has a quick run again. Like September he doesn't appear on another WCW pay-per-view after Road Wild 99. And here's a quick uh quiz. Let's see pop quiz, Rad. See if you can get the answer to this. Who is Randy Savage's last pay-per-view opponent? Man. You, it, I'm not, it's, not it's, DDP. No, it's really stupid. It's really, really, really stupid. Did we already talk about him on the show tonight? We have not. We have not. And I, is I'll he a good wrestler? You, no, I'll give you a clue. He is not a wrestler. Uh, Ric Flair's kid? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Uh, nope. Little Nate? Nope. Uh, uh, I will say, okay, he's not a wrestler. But he had wrestled twice before in tag team matches. Twice before in tag. Jay Leno, Carl Malone, you're Scotty hot. Pippen. You're Scotty Pippen. No, you're close. You're hot. You're on. Fire. Oh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Yeah. For whatever. Scotty Pippen. <laughs> I would love to see Scotty. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, actually, that was his his last pay per view opponent. They fought in a horrible street fight. Horrible. Wow, what a way to end a career! Yeah, uh, he made really one more appearance for WCW in nineteen in two thousand, and it wasn't a match; it was just an appearance. Did he ever have any matches ever again oh, overseas he or anything like that? Wrestled one match in TNA, but I think he wrestled it in a coat, like he didn't oh, yeah. like wear gear, and it, it was like a tag match with Jeff Jarrett, I think, something like that. I want to find that. Yeah. Um, we should but, uh, do the TNA match... next. We should actually. That's actually a great yeah. idea. Um, we get the four corners match: Ric Flair versus DDP versus Hogan and versus Sting. Um, it took a while for things to pick up. Uh, it made no sense. Yeah. None of it made any logic. No. Where did Hogan go? Did he just vanish? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, yeah, this match is like it's a four corners match, and it's like a four corners match with four people who have never been in a four corners match before and don't know how it works. There's one spot where like Sting puts the Scorpion Deathlock on DDP and Hogan drops the leg on Flair. This is like three minutes into the match too. Yeah. And the crowd just is like not reacting at all. They could give a shit. They don't care. Uh, it's very bad. But Hogan is faking a leg injury here. He's doing a leg injury angle so he can get written off TV for a while. And I was reading Meltzer and you know Hogan's a smart guy. Oh yeah. For all for all of his downfalls, no one said he was stupid. He's a smart, especially in these WCW years. Really smart guy. Because what he would do, sorry Goose, uh, I just kicked my desk. Um, he would he would study the ratings. He was a very intense rating studier. He'd study the houses. He'd study all of this stuff. And when he started to see the ship sink, he'd disappear. He'd bail. He'd yeah. bail. So then they, he would convince these television executives that they needed Hogan in order to get the ratings back up. So he would disappear periodically, especially around the time that his contract was coming up. So when the ratings would start to dip, they'd be like, we got to get Hogan back for more money. We got to give him all this money. So this was he saw that the ratings were slipping and that WCW was really losing ground at this point. So he was like, brother, I got to get out of here because he had turned babyface recently. Within the last month, month and a half, he had turned babyface, thinking that that would kind of like reignite some flames here, but no one gave a shit. 
So he was like, I got to get out of here. Him and Flair, I, I just read this in here, him and Flair were headlining house shows, major arenas too, like all around Florida, the Philadelphia Spectrum, Nassau Coliseum, like all of these. And it was Flair and Hogan was the main event. And they were selling shit. They like weren't selling anything. So Hogan split. And as soon as Hogan split, they started doing like Flair Sting DDP, Flair Macho Man, Flair Sting. They started, and then all of the, everything started selling a lot more once Hogan was off the cards. People were sick of Hogan and sick of Flair versus Hogan. So he was like, well, I'm going to take some time off and come back and be fresh. This is when he was taking off. This is the night Mm -hmm. he took off. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because he just vanished in this match. Did he, uh, I don't know, did, did we see him leave? I th- yeah, I thought we saw him grab his knee and someone helped him off. I saw him grab his knee, but I didn't see anyone help him off. But maybe yeah. they did. I might have missed that. But um, yeah, it's just it's just a weird match. Uh, it looks like they're working hard. It's just like like you said, they've never been in this type of match. No. They don't know how to no. uh, feed and, and get out of the ring and make it look logical. Um, at one point, uh, Ric Flair has a figure four on, I believe it's Sting, and then Randy Savage gives him an elbow. Right. Um, and then, uh, we get a diamond cutter on flair and then he pins him for the title. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's DDP's first title. What a lackluster title win, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's also a lackluster rough. rain too. It's like not good. Listen, I have something to say to you, Roy. Yeah. You said that this is one of the WCW's best pay-per-views. I said this was, last their, good this was last the last good, good pay-per-view. Yeah. This is a good pay-per-view. There's two good matches. I mean, have you seen some later WCW pay-per-views? There's no good matches. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it was, uh, this is a real interesting slice of life. I, I don't necessarily want to watch a good WCW pay-per-view. I would love to watch maybe next time a really bad one. Okay, we could do that. I, I was thinking we could either we could do a few different things. We could do a bad WCW pay-per-view if you wanted to. TNA is actually a good idea, too. Though. TNA, or we could do something shorter. We could do, like, two episodes of Hardcore TV or, like, ECW on TNN or, like, something or like that. if we could find Wrestling Society X. I have the DVDs, but I don't know how we'd watch it. Oh, if you have the DVDs, I, we could watch it. You share screen. Interesting. Maybe. Let me see if there's a easier – because I, I don't have a hard drive. I'd have to get a hard drive. Like, I mean, a disk drive. A we'll, disk we'll, drive. Just, we'll, we'll yeah. discuss. We'll discuss. But hey, wow, what fun we had. What fun we had discussing all these things. Anything else to cover about uh, any other thoughts, final thoughts on WCW Spring Break 99? Spring Stampede <laughs> 99. <laughs> I think there's four good matches on this show, but you can think there's two. That's okay. Well, let's let's talk about the, uh, there's the, the, the tag. Yeah. Uh, there's Scott Steiner and Booker T. Yeah. And I guess oh, oh, Ray, I think Ray, five good Ray and Kidman. Yeah. Ray and Kidman. Where are the other? I matches? loved the opening match. I think Blitzkrieg vs. Hoovy is a good match, and I love the hardcore match. I love that hardcore match. I do. Boy, we're gonna disagree on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. And honestly, uh, Goldberg versus Nash was fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not even saying good. It was inoffensive. It was inoffensive. inoffensive. That's fair. Um, but wow, what fun we had! If you have any ideas, <laughs> if you have any ideas of things to watch, you let us know. I'm really laughing at the idea of watching a bad WCW pay-per-view. Actually, I'd really regret it saying that. We're going to watch TNA. We can't do that. We're going to watch TNA. Uh, But let us know if you have any ideas. If you have any ideas, send it to loserleasepod at gmail.com or let us know on Instagram at loserleasewrestling. Also, check out our live show, Wrestling every Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesday, right after Dynamite, and Saturday's 12 p.m. PST, 3 p.m. EST. 
Uh, that's for the news. That's for the wrestling news of the week. That's the weekly wrestle. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you all so much for supporting the Patreon. And thank you so much for calling the hotline, which I know you have. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, I know you have. Oh, no. These typewriter sounds are too intense. Um, but thank you all so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, anything else to cover, Royster, before we ask you? No, I, just, I like these shows. These are a lot of fun. I'm happy to be doing These them. are a bunch of fun. I think we're all doing a great job. And uh, we should all check out other uh, Loser Lee's Wrestling things that are yeah. coming up. Uh, we got a lot of plans. We do a lot, a lot of plans. plans. I'm excited about them. Oh, very excited. We're doing a tour of the Midwest in the summer. That's true. Maybe we'll go to a maybe we'll just do a podcast at a bar. Hey, we might. <laughs> we might. You have to find certified hustler. We do. We're gonna be in St. Louis. We're gonna find you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Loser Lee's wrestling. Have a good night.